1: we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land waters and culture we pay our respects to their elders past present and emerging welcome back to this song is yours a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week talk about their life and creative endeavors and talk to them about some of the music they love Our show works by chatting to a guest about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Once again, I'm your host, Simon Fink, and this is episode four. Our guest today is the incredible singer-songwriter Odette. She's about to release her second record, Herald, and today we talk about how she created the album, how mental health can affect her creative process, and we discuss a shared love of sad songs. Here we go. Our guest today is a refreshingly honest singer-songwriter from Sydney, Australia. Her debut record, To A Stranger, was nominated for two ARIA Awards in 2018, and she's gearing up to release her second studio record, Herald, in February next year. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Odette.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for being here, Odette. Firstly, congratulations on the new record, Herald, uh, out early Feb. Now, this is your second record and it appears to be about growth and learning. Since 2018, when your last record was released, what what has changed? What have you learned and grown from?
2: I suppose the first record was more of a self-discovery. And this record is all about when you've discovered yourself and you've discovered a couple of things maybe you didn't like so much. You know, like everyone's got those traits where they just come out in those... There's those moments and yeah, they're not great. So I needed to write an album just to self-reflect and also learn how to grow up a little bit. Um, I'm in my early 20s now and I, I suppose I wrote the first record when I was in my teens and this time for me now, second time around, is all about just kind of finessing and growing to a point where I can communicate effectively. And yeah, it's been, yeah, it's it's been a weird, <laughs> this this record especially was a bit weird to write because it was a lot more blunt but um yeah no this one this record is definitely about the flaws that you really don't want to look at and you'll probably do anything to kind of deflect them but at the end of the day if you don't address them you don't grow
1: that's very true now a lot of your music is known for being honest and bare which is um honestly quite refreshing how how important is is it to you as a songwriter that when you're creating your art that it's an, an accurate depiction of what's going on in your life
2: um extremely important extremely important but I, I suppose I view music for me personally I mean kind of taking away why I write and how it connects with people looking at it for more of a personal gain, like it's, it's, it's like a time capsule for me. It allows me to look back and, and study almost so that I can move forwards in my life in a way which I feel most effective. That sounds a bit robotic, but you know what I mean? (laughs) I
1: I do know what you're trying to say. When you are writing, do you ever find sometimes that maybe you're too honest or there are times where you're like, no, 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 no. I, I, I could be giving more.
2: I think those are always yeah definitely I think those are always like kind of the points I think that's the point of writing for me when I get uncomfortable I know I'm onto something so I have to push it as far as I can take it and then maybe I'll get to the point but you know oftentimes I won't ever get to a point but yeah music for me is just definitely about discovering those parts of myself that I really don't like and evolving them and growing them and learning to love them, you know? I don't know. It's just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I get that. Uh, your new single Dwell was released last week and focuses on something that I think a lot of people are famous for, which is, which is ruminating on a topic or or kind of, uh, I guess, as the, as the title says, dwelling. How do you... Uh, I imagine it's quite difficult when you're trying to write music or lyrics and, and sing about a song that's about dwelling, but also not focus on it at the same time. How do you find that balance?
2: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Genuinely, it's just the luck of the draw when it comes to those kinds of things. I think usually I try, usually when I write a song like like a dwell or anything kind of like very, very introspective, I have to almost dissociate a little um, and zone out and space out and kind of let it happen. Because if I think too much about writing it while it's happening, I don't get the raw, honest material. It usually becomes contrived or it turns into a story that's taking inspiration from here and here rather than just pure, honest flow, stream of consciousness stuff. Um,
1: Do you find that you're your own biggest critic when you're trying to to make it raw, not make it raw, but have it as, as authentic as it can be?
2: I think I'm my own biggest critic all the time, but yes, definitely. But I, I, at the same time, I'm sorry. I do try not to think about it. And most of the time when I'm writing, I'm not thinking about what I'm writing because I feel like that takes away from the process. I feel like if I think too much, if I sit down and I structure it out, it becomes an essay rather than a diary. And I don't want to make my music back clinical. So I just sort of zone out and then I'd have to kind of kind of pick it apart afterwards and be like, well, what the hell was I trying to tell myself with this one? Like Christ almighty. But yeah, I suppose it is. Um, yeah. I don't really think too much about the writing. It's more so afterwards, the afterthoughts.
1: I know that one of the themes you have running through the record is accountability with your songs being so honest and bare uh, and I believe you've said yourself that you've made this record to hold yourself accountable. How important do you think it is for artists to be accountable within their own art or uh, or, or music if if that makes sense?
2: I think I know what you mean. I can give it I can have a shot at answering if it, I think I know what you mean. It's you you're asking like how important is it for artists to be accountable within their music or like be responsible or to kind of align themselves with the truth of what they're singing about, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's honestly the point of music. I think at the moment where, I mean, we obviously live in a very kind of pop culture society. And I think that a lot of people will say um, oftentimes that that kind of dilutes that message and responsibility and, and the honesty. And yeah, of course it can, but I think, at the moment we're kind of in a period where there are so many pop artists who are just pouring their hearts into their microphones from whatever bedroom they're sitting in. I mean, this is such a hard time. I think it's so important for artists to be as honest as possible, but also because, I mean, this industry is quite dangerous in a sense that you can create your own fantasy and you can market your own fantasy. And if you're creating a lie and then selling that lie to thousands and thousands of people globally what message does that send to people and more so what message does that send to yourself? Like if you are lying or if you're creating an identity that, that opposes your own morals and opposes your own values and doesn't actually help you grow, I don't see the point. I don't know that's me personally. So yeah, I think it's definitely super important for artists to write songs and, and release music that not only is them in the moment and, and talks about their real honest experiences, but guides them like I think music is powerful in that sense that it can create a path for you and it can open up different doors for you and yeah I think the more honest you're being the more it will benefit the individual I suppose
1: yeah of course I feel like over maybe the last five or so years we've um we've seen more artists I guess pull back the curtain and, and show you more of what's going on in their lives and, and be more accountable they don't appear to be uh, selling, as, I guess, as many false narratives anymore or whatever you want to call it. Do you think that could have happened 10 or 15 years ago?
2: I think it happened more 10, 15, 20 years ago. I think people were a lot more honest back then. I mean, currently we're in the period of cancel culture, so people are too scared to talk about how they're really feeling, especially if it's something taboo or something that doesn't align with social values, you know. So you, you, it, we are in a period now where people are editing their images and I think that's so dangerous because what does that say for people and artists in the future like what does that say we can't speak our minds we can't grow we can't change we can't be imperfect it it stresses me out because I find myself even in the studio sometimes writing these songs and going it's not pretty enough you know like it's not beautiful enough and I think that's the most dangerous thing that we're we as artists and music musicians are facing now is this insane clinical beautification of our work. Um, and it kills, it kills you. Like it destroys people having to kind of beautify themselves like that.
1: Yeah. Are you finding that when you're songwriting or creating that, uh, you're possibly looking at it, not only from your own kind of, um, judgment but also as you just said I guess under a microscope of is is there anything I have to be worried about in today's culture
2: I agree I mean I mean like sometimes I feel like I'm like my own mum. like I'm mom myself (laughs) I'm like like, "Mm, this is a bad influence kid the better get out of this situation no um yeah I think it's it's there's a huge risk I mean like I said like you can create whatever you want and that's the beauty of creativity and music in this industry is that you can create your own world but within that there's a lot of risks because if you start what fanning your ego flaming your ego you're just going to start writing music that doesn't align with yourself and then you're going to start splitting apart because you're trying to become this beautiful product that you know it it, it, yeah i don't know if that answers the question but
1: (laughs) (laughs) no no it does um (laughs) Now, for this upcoming second record, you worked again with Damien Taylor, who has previously worked with bands like uh, Bjork and Arcade Fire. What was the experience like working with him a second time around?
2: Oh, man, the best. He's the best. We are very, very good friends. So whenever we get in the studio, I don't know, it's very very thrilling working with Damien because he was kind of one of the first people to realise that I had my own language around music I'm not like I obviously know musical terms I studied it in high school so I remember some basic things but when it comes down to producing which is a kind of has been a new world for me over the last couple of years I don't know jack shit about anything (laughs) so i just have to make it up as i go along so we'd be in the studio working on like even say amends or kind of another couple of tracks from the album and he'd just be like well what are you feeling and i would just go i need something that's got the girth of a goose flying into a pond of tar and he'd just be like that's horrific but i know what you mean (laughs) and then he would just create it and it would be perfect so um yeah, working with him is great because it's like, I don't need a translator. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I wish I could just like take him everywhere and he could just tell everyone what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> From what I read, you've said that he would push you to be a little bit more experimental and, and try different things. Now, when it comes to someone who has previously worked with Bjork, did you, did you find yourself trying to push those limits or was it a thing of, oh,
2: he's, he's heard weird before? Oh, yeah, he is the wizard of weirdness. He's genuinely inspired me and motivated me so much to push my skill level and you know there would be times where I'd be like even now as I'm saying like oh I don't understand producing like I, I sell myself short a lot um, I've actually been working on producing and, and figuring out logic over the last year and that's very much due to him just saying stop playing dumb everyone plays dumb in their life because they don't understand something and you don't want to admit that you don't know it but you have potential and you can push yourself and you can learn it and I think I just need to to hear it you know bluntly put like that so I did I pushed myself I've started producing now and now it's so good because we can bounce stuff back off each other and I can send him a project and then he can come back like it's just it's nice seeing how our professional relationship is evolving because my skill level is evolving um and he's very much motivated me to do that so Love him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would this be producing for yourself or uh, I guess, have you got any interest in producing for others?
2: Who knows? I don't know if I'm ready to produce for others yet because quite frankly, it's a lot of work and I I need to get a bit better at it, a bit quicker, I think. Maybe not better, but a bit quicker. Um, But for me, definitely, I'm I'm looking into producing maybe a little EP, even maybe – I mean, the possibilities are endless. I mean, now that I have this skill, I could do so many things. So really, it's just about figuring out what I can do next. That's exciting. That's
1: awesome. very That's very true. That's very true. Um, I guess with this time in COVID and, and with everyone being in lockdown, I think that artists and especially musicians and songwriters found themselves in, in kind of two camps of they were either um, extremely productive and were able to write like two or three lockdown records and then there were some that felt it was too much uh, pressure to create and and kind of uh, shied away from that. Where did you find yourself in terms of um, being creative during lockdown?
2: Oh, I mean, look, let's be honest here nothing happened for the first four months. I mean, I was in a huge shift in my life. Like I was shifting managements and it was, it was a crazy time. And, you know, mental health during big times of change always gets a little bit like, Oh, how are you going? So I didn't do anything essentially. And uh, I only started writing again. Maybe far out, like a month ago, I think I just had this moment of like, ah, and this like catharsis, and then wrote like seven songs and hated them all, and then wrote another seven songs and kind of like those. And I don't know, it's it, I, the balls started rolling again. Um, but when it comes to, yeah, I, I'm one of those people that shuts down during times of stress. I get quite introverted and quiet, and usually I'm really loud and chatty, and like I will not stop talking. So, Creative wise, it's kind of the same. I don't really do much when terrible things are happening purely because I don't know, it felt wrong. It felt wrong to be thinking about my. I know this sounds bad because everyone should, you know, put themselves first and put their health first. But when everything went down, I just kind of felt like, how could I sit at a piano and write about my emotions when there are so many horrible things happening right now? Like, I just needed to take a minute and process the world, you know, I don't
1: know. Yeah, of course. I know that some people find the act of, of songwriting cathartic. Is is it the same for yourself or is it that at that point you thought, no, it feels not selfish, but, like, that there are other things going on?
2: Yeah, it feels indulgent sometimes. Well, like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Honestly, I think writing for me is always... It's always just like a self reflective thing. So sometimes I do feel like it can get a little indulgent and I do feel like it can kind of teeter over the edge of ego driven. I think so. I'm always kind of wary of when I write and how I w- write purely because I don't want to sit down at a piano and fuel some kind of weird fantasy in my brain. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I can understand that. Um, just before lockdown happened, you were about to to head out on tour. I think you maybe played one or two of the dates, possibly at WOMAD. Yeah. Um, I, I can only imagine it was kind of heartbreaking at, at the time. With live music now slowly coming back, what are you looking forward to the most?
0: Bombas, big comfort
2: for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I am looking forward to seeing the look on people's faces when the lights come up and I walk onto the stage and I'm like oh my god people actually like my music I forgot because <laughs> I think so many times like I just get so I forget that people listen to my music I really do I know that sounds a bit like corny but I forget that people like what I'm doing so when I co- co- go on stage and there are these kind of like young women just, and and men and, and non-binary people just standing in the crowd. It's so thrilling to me because it's like, oh, there's, there's my people. Like there's people who are resonating with the things that I'm saying. And it's nice. I, I'm looking forward to that connection again, I think. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> now you have some show, uh, two shows, I think coming up in Sydney mm. next month. How are you feeling about those?
2: Yes! I'm so <laughs> excited. Oh, I can't wait. I literally cannot wait. My band and I are just like, please now, like right now, this second. I have missed that feeling of the rush when I walk onto the stage and the lights and looking at my band between songs is like my favorite thing ever because they're so focused, but also so happy. And it's just the best feeling. So um, yeah, I can't wait. I'm just thrilled to be able to play
1: Of course. Have you found that when you first got back together that there was a little bit of a shaking off the cobwebs or maybe not so much for yourself, but maybe for the band?
2: (laughs) You should have heard us. We were shit. (laughs) We couldn't (laughs) play anything. just Well, because obviously this is all new material now. We're going into this next record. So we had to work out all these new songs. And the first rehearsal we had... When I say we were shit, I mean me. Like, I could not play my keys at all. I've forgotten how. So I was just standing there, like, clunk, 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 and my drummer was like, okay, we need to, like, play this song maybe, like, 700 times. Um, but we're good now. We've, we just, you know, took our time. And I think also it's kind of – it's weird because it's not just a rehearsal. It's, like, we're coming out of this pivotal time in our lives. Like, this is the biggest thing – Coronavirus is the biggest thing that's ever happened to us in this society in our lifetime. I think, yeah. um, you know, it's just it's it's something that's directly impacted us, and I think it's made people a lot more mindful. And I think once we went into rehearsal, it wasn't just about reconnecting with the songs; it's like we have to reconnect with each other and also remember how we used to speak to each other and can we speak like that again? Like we have to find a new, you can't really go back, you know, you have to forge something new and that's really scary, but it's also, you know, endless opportunities.
1: One of the silver linings, and obviously there's a lot of difficult things happening this year, one of the silver linings of COVID has been uh, the ease in which artists now can work together and and remotely. And as you said, before sending um, and producing tracks and sending them across to Damien, I know that Previously, you'd worked with Greta Ray, uh, the new single with Hermitude, and um, I believe it was you played with the Rubens earlier this year. Um, Have you found it easier to collaborate with other artists um, during this time?
2: Uh, I'm going to be very honest and say I haven't really prioritized that. I mean, it's a great idea, but I've just been way too depressed (laughs) to, like, do anything. So, no, I haven't really done a lot of collaborating. I think now that I'm kind of coming out of that initial corona funk, I'm looking into it a bit more. But, yeah, I suppose uh, now that things are easing up... Oh, sorry. I just prefer meeting people in person. I think I'm a little bit... It's hard for me to get my ideas across anyway. I think I need to be there with someone. So I haven't really been that intrigued in kind of online sessions. Also, because it just kind of seems like a really stressful job interview, you know, like you have to prove a point and you have to be able to get your point across in a, like a limited amount of, I don't know, it just, it seems very, um, it seems stressful to me. So maybe I'm not into it, but you know, I'm open-minded. We, I'll try it, you know. But yeah, I'm not, I haven't done any of that yet.
1: I imagine it's um, a lot more difficult to try and, as you said, show maybe if you've got like a small run or whatever it may be, that it's difficult to show that online. Whereas when you're in person, you can just simply go and do it.
2: Yeah, well, in person it's good because I feel like there are so many non-verbal kind of communication things that I do, um, which in, is vital for me to be able to communicate in the studio. Like, even just, and connection, it's, it's less about the song. I think once you take away the space of the room and the ambience of the space, you just are left with the product itself. And I'm saying product because it kind of feels like that, you know, rather than a, a work or, or a piece. It, I think it, it feels a lot more <laughs> commercial to be sort of banging out tunes kind of on the regular Um, with people that you haven't really met I think that kind of freaks me out a bit but you know like I said I'm willing and open it does depend on who it is I suppose but yeah I don't know freaks me out (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's very fair Odette would you uh would you be happy to talk about your playlist
2: oh I would be happy to talk about my playlist (laughs) It fun. <laughs> oh, the first one is Bitch by Meredith Brooke.
1: <laughs> yes, that's the one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is definitely one of my playlist. Yeah, I just picked a lot of songs that I find show not just kind of honesty and emotion, but like nuance in self-description and self, you know. I know all these songs kind of make me feel okay about being alive and conscious you know it make me feel like it's okay to be imperfect and gross and disgusting but also awake and spiritual and beautiful and happy and it's just I think all these songs kind of sum up that feeling of just in being in awe of being alive so yeah
1: that might be the the most deepest um, description we've had for a playlist so far.
2: I'm, I'm <laughs> um, <fan> by it.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I really like it. <laughs> for some of the songs that you've got on there, uh, you've got, as you said, Meredith Brooks, uh, Nelly Furtado, some Natalie Imbruglia. And as you mentioned earlier, you are only early 20s. Some of these songs, I think, were out before, before you were born. Do you have uh, special memories to some of those older songs like Torn and, and Bitch?
2: Yes. uh bitch, bitch, I only connected with because of Liz Lemon singing it in 30 Rock. She's like well, I and she's like, I'm a bitch, I'm a love. And I just thought that was hilarious. Um, but when I listened to the actual song, I was like, oh. Same. So (laughs) I think every woman who's heard this song is like, yep, that sums it up. That sums it up pretty well. So yeah, I think when I was a kid, I used to listen to I'm Like a Bird, Nelly Furtado, and I used to get this swelling feeling in my chest. It was the first ever song that I had like a visceral reaction to. I think it was kind of like, it, it just made me realize that music can just Fill you with feeling and like physical feeling too it's not just an enjoyment like it, it really just took me to this whole other place and I actually thought I could fly listening to this song obviously didn't do anything insane but thought I was a bird so yes um Natalie Imbruglia she just is everything um Torn was kind of the first song where I'd heard someone say the word naked and it not be sexual so I thought that was really cool that she was singing about this vulnerability. Obviously, she was sexualized by a lot of kind of people um, in the industry at the time. But I think when I kind of look at her and listen to her, all I see is just this very powerful, very honest, very driven woman. And, yeah, it inspires me. Um, Caroline Polichek's in there, which I am so happy about. I actually only got into her last year when she put out up- which is insane. Have you heard Pang, the, um, her record, her debut record?
1: It is. Uh, I have, yes. It is very, very good. It's very uh, it's different amazing. from her chairlift stuff, but, yeah, it's really good.
2: Oh yeah, I can, it's like I can still hear the chairlift stuff, but also she's just, f- like, flourished into this witchy cyborg woman. It's crazy. You know, the crazy thing that she does with her voice where it's like, ooh, Ooh. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not Carol. I apologize, but you know what I mean.
1: I know, I know what you mean, and you're going to, um, you, you're at least able, going to be able to do it way better than I can. So I'm not going to attempt that. But um, <laughs> another track you've included on the playlist was um, an instrumental by Sufjan Stevens from uh, Illinois. His famous record, Illinois. Now, are you more? Would you say that you're more a lyrics person or a um, melody person?
2: I used to be. Both, And then I drifted into more lyrics. And now I think I'm more interested in the world around the lyrics because I feel like it paints the picture more than words do. I feel like words are very... Well, words can either be like literal or like symbolic or metaphorical. And sometimes I feel like that's quite limiting because, I don't know, there are just certain judgments attached to certain styles of writing. Maybe I overthink everything. In fact, I definitely do. But, I don't know, writing to me, it's like as soon as I write something, it's like I've already found the reason why it doesn't work. And it's just getting frustrating. It's like I'm not satisfied. But when I kind of dive into the sort of arrangement world and and, and instrument world, it's like there's just no, there are no preconceived notions about what the messaging is. It's just pure texture and pure feeling and there's no judgments attached to it. And I love that. I think it's so beautiful and powerful um, and freeing to um yeah I don't know that song I guess it just makes my heart explode the little it's the way that it's just so short I mean obviously it's at the end of that song called I can't even remember what it's called they come at night the the prairie the one the zombie I don't know (laughs) but that that little snippet with the strings I heard that album when I was in high school and that snippet I would just keep it on loop for hours, like when I was studying or walking home from school or going out with friends and it just, I don't know, it just soundtracked everything, just this little bit. So, yeah.
1: It is a very um, gorgeous and, and lush record, that whole thing. But yeah, the little instrumental parts of that are, are gorgeous as well.
2: Right? They're like these just little hidden vignettes and it's like you can really see the landscape through them.
1: That's a that's actually a really poetic way to put it. That was lovely. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. the, the the last question that I wanted to ask about the playlist, um, you've got Christine and the and the Queen's uh, people have been sad, and there's also Regina Spektor with Blue Lips, um, and there's a few other songs that are more, I guess, uh, people might put in the realm of sad songs. Now, personally,
2: they are definitely sad songs. I just, but I feel joy of life when I listen to them. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like people have been sad. It, it's not, it's not her saying like, sorry, do you mind if I like dive into this? No, I'm no, like, no, no, I'm no.
1: I think you're about to answer and ask the question at the same time, which is great.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think... Christine is so good at speaking. It's like, she just speaks to me. I think she's one of those artists at the moment that's kind of making me believe in what I'm doing. Um, She's just, she sums up feelings, but she just takes it to a place where it's not just, oh, I'm so sad. It's like, even in the past tense, like I've been sad. She's growing. Like the, the point of the song is to evolve and reflect. There's no, there's no marinating in it. There's no ego stroking. It's just pure honesty and, and it's relief, you know? Um, which I think is what, I mean, a lot of the times artists are just very, very, very sensitive people who shut themselves in and learn instruments so that they feel less stressed out. Um, and I think that this is one of those songs that if I was maybe 14 or 13, I would have just cried in my bedroom too, you know, like,
1: Definitely. I think that um there's a certain there's a certain power in sad songs and being able to not necessarily continue to um to dwell on it, but it does have a certain power, I think.
2: Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. I think sadness, I mean, like honestly, this is corny, but you know that movie Inside Out?
1: Uh yes. The the Pixar one. Yes.
2: Yeah. I think like the best point in that was how Joy is just constantly shitting all over sadness and the whole time you're just like oh my god can you stop whining and you're like looking at this little blue sad girl and then at the end of it you're like actually it's like so vital and I know that's something you learn as a kid but I think as we get older we tend to convolute basic emotional concepts and turn them into extravagant things and I just I think that it's important to remember that sadness is just as important as everything else um yeah, and it doesn't have to be this weird cliche, like lying in bed and weeping and all well, like it can be. but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be like some people feel sadness without even crying, you know, and just I think songs like that, like Christine's song, gives people an opportunity to feel it specific to them instead of like a hallmark kind of way,
1: yeah, definitely. It's not uh, I think that, th- yeah, sadness can be it's looked upon as black and white when really it's, it's a whole spectrum of gray, which people experience it differently and and should be like looked at as such.
2: Exactly. Feelings. I kind of think feelings are like, like food, you know, you can mix them with lots of stuff. Sometimes they're delicious. Sometimes they're not. Most of the time it nourishes you and it gives you energy and it allows you to move into the next day. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just think, I've definitely been guilty of of sort of picking and choosing my feelings. And I think that's another thing that I'm trying to do in this record is draw attention to that mechanism inside my brain. But, um, yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> okay. I, do, I do very much appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Bye. that's our show thank you so much to the lovely odette for joining us today her second record herald is out february 5th 2021 she'll also be playing two shows at the darlinghurst theatre company in new south wales in late november so make sure you get along to those shows if you're interested in pre-ordering the record or buying a ticket we've included a link to her website in the show notes You'll also find a link to our Spotify in the show notes, which will take you to Odette's playlist, along with the playlist of all our previous guests. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, cheers.